Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Navigating the Motherhood podcast. Now, I'm going to keep this intro fairly snappy because this episode is long and I contemplated cutting some stuff out and I contemplated trying to make it shorter but you know what, it is a topic that is incredibly close to my heart. So this week I'm talking with the gorgeous Shelley or as you might know her by Busby um, all about the fact that our babies were preemies and they came early, um, both technically around seven weeks. And just how it's affected our parenting and it's infected our parenting in very different ways, our experiences of, of NICU and everything else. You know, as this episode goes up, it is the last day of NICU Awareness Month, which is why I really wanted to get this episode up this month for um, to put it out there to support any mums who have gone through the experience and maybe still feel a little bit scarred by it or potentially parents that might end up in this situation. I know when we both mentioned it on the podcast that when we were in this situation, it didn't feel like there was anything anywhere for us to help, like of a real experience of somebody. I found some solace in the charity um, Bliss and I will leave all of their details below. And actually, um, all of my income from the Patreon this month is going to be donated to that charity, which supports parents whose little ones are in NICU, um, either because they were early or because they were poorly, because obviously NICUs are not just for prim babies. Um, So if you have been thinking about signing up for the Patreon, but you're not 100% sure, this is a great month to do it, knowing that the money that you give is going to charity this month. Um, I think I'm going to keep this short and snappy, and I'm going to let us get cracking right into the episode, because we cover a lot of information. It's probably one to listen to in a couple of parts because uh, who has an hour and a half just casually lying around to be able to do stuff but I do hope you make it to the end. I really hope you like it. I hope you find it informative and useful and insightful and please 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 uh, let us know what you think. I talk about some stuff I don't think I've ever really spoken about on social media about our kind of time in NICU so Big love to you all. Thank you so much for listening and to continue to support the podcast. And um, I really, really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Navigating the Motherhood, the podcast. This week, my gorgeous guest is one of my favourite people on Instagram. It is the lovely Shelley, and she's here to talk about all things preemie baby life which is something you don't really talk about very much um so I'm very excited to hear we've spoken about it a little bit about how even though our babies were both around seven weeks early our experiences have been completely different but for those people that don't know you which I'm sure everybody does do you want to introduce yourself and your family set up and all of that kind of jazz so hi I am Shelley and I live with my partner and we have a little boy named Jasper who decided to evacuate the womb a little early. Um, He was born at 32 plus 5 days, which is, well, I've just found out eight weeks early, not seven weeks early as I thought. But yeah, that's basically it. There's not much more. (laughs) Yeah, so I think what's going to be really interesting in this is obviously I had Sky in Cambridge, England, and you had Jasper in Wales. And it seems like the approach to early babies is pretty Mm. different. (laughs) we, We gave birth basically in Swansea but we gave birth in the hospital that is like basically known for like 
the NICU. So we were really lucky that we were already in that catchment area because a lot of mums say even in Cardiff have to like their babies get shipped to the hospital we were already going to give birth in. So we were very lucky in that kind of like, you know, thing. (laughs) It's really funny, actually, because we were the exact same. So I remember when Sky was born, the NICU was full and they were having people trying to ship babies from um, like Peterborough and everywhere. Mm. and they were they couldn't because people in Cambridge and Brooks get priority and stuff like that so we were actually the same it was one of the best NICUs um it sounds so funny when you're like they were trying to ship babies just ship them all. <laughs> it's like someone's gonna shove them in a FedEx box we were lucky because obviously we went to that hospital but you know when we turned up they were like we're full and I was like well I'm giving birth to a preemie here and I get priority I was literally like <laughs> can we we're full. I've been told I have to give birth here either way like make room <laughs> He's on it, basically. <laughs> so I was like, honestly, I'm in pain. Do you want me to punch you? <laughs> no, give birth. No, don't do this to me. Oh. oh, man. So this is an interesting... So let's go way back when to start. So as always, I've got questions from people and we'll either do them at the end if we've not talked about them or I'll kind of address them as we go through it. One person's mm-hmm. question was... What was your pregnancy like? Was there any signs in your pregnancy that the little ones were going to come early? Or was the rest of your pregnancies smooth sailing? So my pregnancy was so short. Honestly, every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, my Lord. So we found out around 12 weeks-ish. Well, we found out and then we had our 12-week scan, say, and it turns out we were 16 weeks because Jasper was like a complete surprise um and yeah our pregnancy was fine I was on like the consultancy because I'm like apparently underway to my mental health and stuff so we had a lot more scans that normal people get um and he was always fine absolutely fine he was always like head down though he was comfortable that way and then it's only when I got to 28 weeks that we found out I was going to be giving birth early because I was just exhausted from work on my feet all the time and then I started bleeding and I went to the hospital, like bleeding can be normal, I don't want to scare anyone, but it wasn't for me, and then we found out, it sounds so gross, I have to say this out loud, like I had bulging membranes, and my cervix was already open, so I was three centimetres dilated at 28 weeks. Oh wow. So like, we then knew, and they were like, they like, all the nurses and stuff, like literally this massive team of people came into my our room, and were like, okay, we're really worried you're going to give birth in the next 24 hours, and I was like, oh my lord drama in my life as per usual and I was like okay and then they we had all the injections and like all like they give you a drip so there's like stuff for his lungs and his brain and they give you this really really horrible injection that you have to have two of and it's, oh that's that's oh. the lung one the steroid one I never got that but I've heard oh. it's the one of the most painful injections sorry oh. to anyone who's gonna have to have that and I've scared oh. the living it crap was out like them. painful but it's like you get a bodily reaction like the nurse said it was like absolutely normal I was like this is not normal I don't know what you're chatting about but it's like your whole body goes into like like it just gets really warm and really hot and you just feel like you're sweating from the like you want if if I could have turned my skin off I would I felt like I was having a really 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 immediate allergy reaction but it turns out it's normal but yeah I had to have two of those and it obviously did wonders but oh my lord but no that's when we found out but then I did actually go home after a few days on bed rest and then I had one more hospital stay which was a big drama and it was terrible and I was just like I discharged myself because they were useless and then and then I lasted till 32 weeks plus five so I kind of knew my pregnancy was normal but then it wasn't 
So it was kind of like, I kind of had like the upfront notice he was going to come early, but we just didn't know when. So it was a right, really okay. good one. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, mine was totally different. So basically, my pregnancy wasn't exactly smooth sailing either. So we had had the miscarriage before. Mm-hmm. And we'd found out at the 12-week scan that that baby wasn't viable. So we went into this 12-week scan absolutely crapping our pants. Yeah. Everything was absolutely fine. But then obviously you go down, you know, you go down the hallway to give all the bloods. Oh, yeah. So they give all, all the, Oh, man, they take so much blood out of you. So they give oh, all the bloods and stuff like that. And I have to say, like, I'm not good with needles, right? No. That was the only blood test, I think, in my whole life I oh. felt elated for because I was so relieved the 12-week scan had gone right and it was all good. Hmm. So we then kind of was like, spoke to our family and was like everything's great everything's amazing blah 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 four days later i am on a packed train on the way commuting back from london to cambridge in a heat wave and i got a phone call from the hospital basically saying that sky was a one in 18 risk of down syndrome and a one in 20 risk of i can't i can never pronounce this properly i think it's like they call it patrol syndrome or yeah Patrol, I'm, like some oh, something sure. like that like so, we weren't going to have those tests, but I think they basically were like, it's really good to have them. But Jasper, I think, was quite low on all of them. I think, I'm not too sure, but I don't remember having that worry, really. Well, I remember them calling me and they were like, look, basically one in, I think it's one in 2000 is high risk and Sky mm. was one in 18, right? And one in 20. So we were like, okay. Mm. So I had a CVS procedure done which is basically where they stick the giant needle in your belly to take a little bit of the fluid around the baby and they test that. Mm. So, Oof. yeah, that wasn't fun. Not no, that gonna lie. And they're like, so scary. I it, yeah, it was horrible. So basically what that showed is that my, because I don't think I've ever told any, like I don't really, have, I've never really spoken about it. So basically what that showed is you need two hormones to make a placenta. You need your H1, which is the one that shows up on pregnancy tests. Mm-hmm. And then you need a hormone called Pape. Mm. The Pape hormone. And basically, Sky was absolutely fine. She wasn't at risk at all. And we paid an extra like 150 quid to get full genetic screening. And she was cleared all of that and she was fine. But basically, my body hadn't produced enough of the Pape hormone okay. uh, when it came to making my placenta. So when I spoke to the doctor about it, they were like, look, all that means is that you're more at risk of having preeclampsia. So I was like, okay, so we got extra scans and stuff for preeclampsia. Oh, okay. So they're both in the same boat then. Yeah, so we had I had extra scans for preeclampsia, and that was to check the blood flow from my uh, uterus to my placenta. I'm pretty sure it was to check those kind of like um, arteries and stuff like that. And we had we had two of those. We had one at 24 weeks, and then I was supposed to have one at 34 weeks, but Sky Sky was already here. So, and all of them always showed that she was absolutely fine. Hmm. So that was great, and then. John had been in Hong Kong at work and he landed back in the country on the Monday, which was the 3rd of December. And on Tuesday, the 4th of December, I woke up with really bad stomach pain, basically. And I was like, hmm. And it was stomach pain and it would be there and it'd be really uncomfortable enough that I couldn't like sit properly and was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. And then it'd go away. So of course... We phoned up the midwives and they were like, have you felt baby move? And then, of course, you don't remember when the last time. Yeah, Sky yeah. wasn't a big mover. No, that's she, a really odd question, isn't it? You just don't know. You're like, I don't remember. Maybe. I don't know. You just, it's, yeah. Even if you had, you don't know. You just don't know. 
so then they were like, right, come into the hospital. And they hooked me up to a machine, which basically showed that essentially I was having contractions. But they were like, what we're going to do is we're going to give you this test. And it's a little bit like a smear test, like good old speculum job, swipe around on the inside. And they were like, this test shows us if your body's produced the hormone, that means that you'll be going into labour in the next two weeks. So if it comes back negative, baby stay and put. And if it does, if it comes back uh, positive, we'll have to keep you here and probably go through what you went through with all the injections and all that to keep baby where it is as long as possible. So we did the test and my test was negative. So they were like, baby's not coming for two weeks. We're going to keep you in to monitor you overnight and we'll see how you do. So they did that, did that. I remember they they eased off at the end of the day and then overnight they got worse again, but then they eased off. Now in hindsight, I know that contractions obviously notoriously get worse at night because you're relaxed. So I I didn't think anything of it at the time. So five o'clock in the evening, they discharged me and I went home and I was knackered because I was on a ward with with other women who I I think there was like, various kind of we were all pregnant and basically they had to put the the monitor for the heartbeat on each woman for like half an hour at a time Mm. so you've got no sleep you've got zero sleep whatsoever and so we got home and I remember saying to John I was like I just want to eat and I want to go to bed and I want to go to sleep and he was like okay sure so we got home at five o'clock I went for a sleep woke up and then I was in agony and I said to John I was like something's really really not right now and he was like oh what do you mean I was like something's something's not okay (laughs) and I went to the bathroom do you that's the thing like everyone says you'll know when you're going into labor you don't I don't think it no and maybe because we had obviously smaller babies so maybe the labor wasn't I don't want to say it was less painful it probably wasn't but I don't really I was like I don't know what if I don't know how to explain the feeling I'm like you have to like run it down for me to understand and I was like oh this feels a bit weird but when you're early you also think that might be like backs and hicks and stuff don't you so but also you get to third trimester and everyone's like oh you're in pain and you're uncomfortable and all that I just thought it was that and I I was convinced it was backs and hicks because people say to you it's it's horrible but anyway I said to John I was like can you stand stand outside the bathroom because I felt like I had to go right this is gonna get real graphic I felt like I had to go for a poo right and I was like and I had read loads of books because that's the kind of person I am I was like I'm gonna be (laughs) fully prepped for this turns out no flipping book tells you about having a baby early um and I was like, I feel like I need to push. Like, I need to go for a poo. And John was yeah. like, okay. And I was like, I don't think something's right. And then sure enough, I basically passed my my mucus plug, but also oh. passed a bit of my placenta, like a bit of my placenta. Oh, and it was like a big, massive, it looked like a black oh, I didn't, bloody I, jellyfish. Yeah, I, didn't, I, wasn't, I didn't do any of that. I was, I was So I was at home and was like, <laughs> fuck. I was like this, I, I was like, I think the baby's coming. And John was like, oh shit we need to get back to us so phoned the hospital and they were like right we've literally just made the bed up on the ward that you were in so just come back and came back by this point got there and they were checking me and they were like right you're four centimeters dilated put the monitors on and it was really awful so like john i don't know whether this ever crossed your mind the fact that jasper was coming early and like i never it never registered to me that sky might not be okay yeah, which is funny because every single day of the pregnancy, because I'd had the miscarriage, every single day leading up to that day, yeah, you worried. I'd worried about it. But on that day, for some reason, I was like, mm. but John only that admitted to me afterwards when she was like six months old. He was like that car ride to the to the hospital. He was like, I was convinced she died. Like I was, like he was like, I thought we'd lost her. Hmm. 
got the monitor, she was fine, but her heart rate kept disappearing. So they're like, we're going to, you know, we're going to burst your water or we're going to go and examine you in theatre and then we might burst your water and we'll see what's going on. They burst my water and it was like a scene at a carry because my placenta, basically what happened is my placenta ripped away from my uterus. It's called placental abruption. Hmm. So my placenta had ripped away from my uterus. I was seven centimetres early by the, when I'd gone for a nap. John was like, what kind of weirdo are you? I know, like, oh it's just they don't understand. It's like, you, can't, you can't explain it, can you? It's just there's things, it's just uh, it's, it's a miracle of birth. So you sort of, I guess, knew that Jasper was probably going to be early. I had yeah. zero indication until like, and You're even like even the day I was discharged, I I was yeah. I didn't I didn't think that late like literally four hours later I was going to have a kid. No, like you I, had like everything like like it's just kind of like a, a like a constant like you had this and this and this like she was so ready to come out. Like oh, that. she was like, I am, I am done with this. I want to like, see yeah. a Christmas kids. Get me out. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. And then it was kind of. But what was even funnier is we messaged all of our family and friends, and I was still working. I messaged my work, oh, being God. like, just so you know, I've been discharged from the hospital. Um, and the next message they got was, so we have a child. Oh, <laughs> and was like, holy no, what? Oh my God! So different. Like I was actually signed off work just before all this happened just because I was on my feet constantly I was really tired I think it's because he was so low but when we went in so we had our 28 weeks 27 week scan and then the like so that was on a Wednesday and then on the Friday I had the bleed and I went to hospital and like I'm not joking this is you know it sounds really gross about like the bulgy membranes so this trainee doctor had a little look for the speculum and he I think I've scarred him like I saw him again when I stayed the second time. He looked at me. I looked at him. I was like, "I hope you're okay." And he was like, "I am." But I think his training went downhill from then because he saw whatever he saw in there. He does not want to see again. But he was really worried. And then he got someone else to come in. They were like, "Okay, you've got this. This is really dangerous." But you're also three centimeters dilated. So for those four weeks, I held out. I was like three centimeters dilated. So everyone thinks I had the most like fast giving birth ever because I gave birth really quickly when I got to the hospital I was like it's four weeks long guys I had an early labor you were yeah yeah, that's that's the rule now I'm like three centimeters dilated but no when I got to the so I went back to hospital and this really really irritating doctor nurse wanted to do another speculum test on me but I was already told because of my membranes if anything like you know accidentally caught them I would just immediately like like give birth basically so I was like you're not going anywhere near me love and discharge myself but then on father's day I had my labor pains in the morning and I'm not gonna lie I felt like I needed a poo too and the toilet yeah. such a comfortable place to be I don't I think it's like the like I don't know whether it's a position because like, I was the same I was like I just want to sit on the toilet oh I just don't know but when I when I actually rushed to hospital I was in so much pain so when I I got there and they were cheeky enough to be like why are you here and I was like the screaming or like, yeah, really <laughs> you're like please like, like, don't, 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 don't put that said literally I went so I went do you know when you go into the first bit and then they had to send you to the labor ward afterwards I don't know if that worked with you guys well I know no we literally no. were like it was like massive red button loads of people there 20 no. like, literally I got to the hospital at half past eight at night and Sky was born at quarter past nine see like we went there so we got there about nine ish when I had my contractions so we got to the hospital she put me down on the bed and I was eight centimeters dilated and she obviously must have felt so bad for being so rude to me she was like literally quickly get her to the labor ward and then I think it's like an hour and a half 
But I, I had to have my waters burst and everything. Like, uh, considering he wanted to come out, he wouldn't do any of the work. <laughs> like, like, it's, bit, it's like well i never forget so like what's even funnier is that guy that had given me the speculum test thing that had said it was negative it was like 98 percent accurate or whatever yeah. i cracked up because i then saw him on the recovery ward because he was doing rounds and he just looked at me and went hmm, what and i said he no so somebody in my nct group was having an ele- it was a kind of a medically elected C-section on the same day that Sky was born, so they ended up having the same birthday. She was supposed to be the first to give birth in our NCT group, and I was supposed uh, to be the last. I didn't do any of those things. Yeah, and well, it was funny because I saw her and I went up. And sp- I was speaking to her, and then the guy came down, and he was a really young, quite attractive Irish guy, and he looked at me and he went, "Why are you here?" I was like, "I had my kid last night," and he was like. Oops. What? And he was like, you're a two percenter. So then every time he saw me on the wards or in Nikki, he called me two percent. <laughs> I was yeah. like, it, yeah, it's, thanks it's, for that. Quite funny, isn't it? Because like we, I gave birth really fast. Like I had the, is it pethidine injection? Yes. That, yeah, I had that. So then I'm a really drowsy person. Like I can't take any drowsy med. So I, they said, oh, this could make you drowsy. So I was like, give it to me. Give it to me. And I did, and I I wouldn't push properly because I was so drowsy. So obviously, you know, they gave me like a snip, and then they basically pulled him out. Um, so I was the most lazy giving birth person ever. But obviously, you had the NICU nurses and stuff there, and yeah, and then he got walked straight off with Jacob, and I was just like left there. But when I first nearly gave birth, it was really scary because they were basically like, you don't have to worry. Like we're here. This is a specialist unit. They give you all the leaflets. They run everything down to you. But it literally is like, what? Okay, okay, what? And like, I just couldn't be stressed because it was so scary. But I did think like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. And like all the they were just. I was hooked up to machines, everything, like a pin cushion, basically, because they just thought he was going to come out. He didn't. Yeah. But it's like, like, they just basically give you, like, the lowdown of what's going to happen. So, luckily, four weeks later, we kind of got knew what was going to happen, so it's fine. But it isn't fine, but you know what I mean? It was just Yeah, like, I know what you mean. And yeah. it's funny because I had, I had no, like, I'd literally gone to the hostel, and I still remember I was wearing, I was wearing a, a night, and like, a, a nighty, mm. and then I'd pulled on a pair of leggings and like because I'd been sleeping I yeah. don't even think I was wearing pants I was I went in my slippers I didn't take a single hospital bag I took my phone I didn't take my purse I didn't take a chart I we had no hospital bags packed because John was in Hong Kong for work and I was like one of your jobs when we get back is to pack the hospital yeah. bags we thought we had ages to go yeah so I literally gave birth at like it was like quarter but it was Sky was born at nine fourteen. so the time in a c-section actually getting them out is really quick yeah it's like over and done in like seven minutes or something like it is they they don't mess about but you're in there actually for another half an hour while they stitch every like they you know fix the mess they've just made um yeah so like we got on to, and then I, you go into recovery and stuff and by the time we actually got back onto the ward where I was like where I, and they'd given me a private room because I didn't have my baby with me because Sky went yeah, straight and like, I literally didn't I didn't see her for the first like four hours of her life and then I got to see her for like 30 seconds and then was put in, in down on the wards and we were given a private room because they were like it's not fair to put you on a ward full of people who've no, got their babies it's really weird isn't it I was I was really lucky it's only one time I wasn't private roomed and that was when I had that really annoying doctor. But the, every other time I was in hospital, I had a private room. And it's um, funny because I think I think the thing that made it harder is every time a new nurse walked into the room, 
they'd look at the clear yeah. plastic cot and then look at me and there was no baby and I think they just like it was all you could see the look of fear they in their face because I didn't have a cot in my room they're like oh we're just gonna move this and I was like that's oh, no, we ended up using it for storage <laughs> we had, like, like we were really lucky because I don't know if you had this in your um hospital but I didn't they could I could stay on the water as long as I wanted and they had special like hotel rooms as well for mums and dads but I chose to get discharged the next day because I was like I can't stand hospitals I can't sleep and I I didn't like the idea of like pumping away like an idiot really like, in my room by myself um yeah but you I could basically I don't know when I visited him visited him after giving birth because I was obviously re-drugged and I had to shower and then family came and stuff like to see me but I did see him that night obviously but they had um I could visit him whenever like I wanted um as long as I followed all the rules of you know hand washing and stuff but also because a lot of the preemie mums basically a lot of them are young I found or there a lot of them are older like geriatric mums or whatever they want to be called, or they're twins or triplets. But they found a lot of the people that give birth to preemies find it very difficult to see their babies. So they actually have like an iPad thing where you can just enter the hospital, like the building, and you can get given a special iPad that then connects you to your baby and you can see your baby through the iPad if you too uncomfortable. Oh, no, we had nothing like that. really, really good. Like the nurses and everything there. Are they nurses? They are nurses, aren't they? They're not. Yeah, there is a set. I, I feel yeah. bad if you get the wrong term because you can tell it hurts them inside. Um, yeah. You can see that a little look in their eyes. I'm like, oh, your baby's sick. I can't be rude to you. Um, yeah, so we had really good, like really, really good. And we were allowed to have family on the ward and everything like that. So, so we we had that. So I stayed in hospital. Sky was born on the Wednesday and I was discharged on the Saturday. Hmm. We... So we weren't in the catchment area for the like the accommodation on site. Yeah. Because we lived in a village, even though we were like, well, we don't drive. So we paid yeah. £80 a day in taxis to get, go to and from to visit Sky for three weeks. Um, but I did a C-section, so I was in a bit longer. And then I, I also was like, actually, I kind of want to go home because I didn't want to be... Because I, I was the same as you, like, I was expressing and I was like it was Mm. it was soul destroying enough to wake up in the middle of the night to express let Mm. alone doing it in hospital by yourself at least I could have called on John if I needed anything and it used to be really sweet so I slept in the spare room because the the uh, the most complicated thing and I don't know whether you had this was the fact that John was working so John was John's work were still like you're taking you've got two weeks like paternity leave do you want it to start now and John's like no because I don't know when she's coming home yeah so John asked for his paternity leave to start when she came home from hospital yeah yeah so he was still trying to work so he was still trying to work remotely and he had like a really at that point a really kind of stressful busy job so he was trying to work remotely look after me because I couldn't do anything because I'd had a c-section and then get me in like to and from the hospital in taxis to go visit Sky which in hindsight like I know people that have had c-sections like how did you do it like I couldn't move and I was like I was like wild horses. And I remember the nurses in NICU were like, yeah, and the NICU nurses were like, you can take a couple of days off. Like, it's not going to affect you. She's really not going to know. No, you can just, really why don't you take two days at home? Take two days at home to relax. And I was like, no. <laughs> they were like, okay. No. But like, I don't know. <laughs> not being the Welsh, Like, the Welsh are much better with the NHS. I was, we, pay, we don't pay for prescriptions and blah, blah. But I know they had a big, bu- they don't, not a big budget, but they had a budget. So if you were having any financial difficulty seeing your baby, they would help you basically, or they would connect you with a charity that would help you. They were very, very good. 
Oh, see, that's good. I mean, one thing I will say... We left, so I was fine. I wasn't going to take any of that, like, at the end of the day. We didn't live further enough away. And they said to me, oh, do you want a room near? I was like, not really. I don't really want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, I I wanted to be home with Mike. I think because I was not... Like, now when I look back, I realise I probably was a little bit traumatised by what had happened. That I Like, my house has always been my safe space. So although Mm. I probably come across as a really extroverted person, Mm. like, my house is like, and I will, when I get down or whatever, like, I hermit, right? I am very much like, I'm in my house, and my house is my safe space. So I kind of was like, I want to go to my house. But that didn't mean the day I had to be discharged from hospital and leave her there was awful. Yeah, we sobbed like a baby. Yeah, it was really weird. We had just moved when, okay, we moved just before I found out I was going into early labour. So when I stayed in hospital the first time, Jacob's parents unpacked everything, cleaned our house, did everything. I'm not joking, we came back to a brand new house. I need to do it every time we move. It was perfect. Oh, it was bliss you know so when obviously after he was born I stayed for one night I did stay for a few more nights because I had like an infection in my boob you know I had to get that as well I couldn't just have smooth sailing could I um but you know a preemie baby's not enough to like torture me with but I just because you could spend so much time on the ward anyway I just didn't I didn't like sleeping in hospital rooms I just yeah and I didn't like because, like, they have to check on you when you're in hospital. So they would, every time I would be down with the baby, they would leave me, like, oh, we haven't checked you this time. And I'd be like, well, I'm down there. Like, it was really confusing. Like, honestly, it was I was so frustrated <laughs> by being in hospital. It just wasn't good for mental health at all. Like, it's bad enough because you're on a ward with your baby. But, yeah, I wanted to be home. And it was just, they, like, gave us a machine, like a pumping machine we could check out as well so yeah we had one of them a medela one yeah they were so good we bought one of them we ended up hiring one we ended up so when sky was discharged we ended up hiring one like they gave us a thing and you get a discount if you you go through this and we ended up hiring one for the house like if i was to do it again and if i had another premium that sounds really weird for us to do it again like i'm not wishing it on myself um like that would have been a much better option because we bought the other like the version you can buy not as good that machiney thing they like that they let you blend. Oh. I mean, it is a, a heavy. Oh. It is a piece of hospital equipment. Like that thing is oh, heavy. It's so good in it. It's like oh, like I didn't express that much. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't. There was one woman on the ward. She had these two twins. Oh, they're gorgeous. Oh, gorgeous twins. I just wanted to smush them. You know, you know, you can't touch other people's babies, but you're like, oh, you really want to. <laughs> I squeeze you. Um, she would come in and she would be like, guys, get me bottles. I'm overflowing. And I'd be sat there like, oh my god. I can't even make enough milk for my one baby. And you're oh, enough for like I was, I was like that. So when so I so this is again this is a big difference I think in mm. our experiences. Sky had a nose tube and was fed through her nose mm. tube for seven weeks. So and then they were like, you can start to introduce breastfeeding. And to be honest, like we the NICU guys at our hospital were great, like the NICU mm. nurses themselves. But the after NICU care, who were like people that came in and spoke to you loads, and they had you had to do like before we were allowed to take Sky home, we had to do a first aid course, and we had to do a, um, we had to do a course and then be exact like examined on how we were to give her medication and to oh, give her medication, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So we had all of that, um, and that team were really scary they scared me basically and they were very much like i remember sitting in a room and they're like so when she goes home lovely this is the criteria she needs to hit to go home right and one of them was that she needed to do enough feeds in 48 hours Mm. 
that was a mix of tube, but mostly not tube, because basically what they were saying is if she pulls her tube out at home and it's a Saturday night, they that mm. team only worked Monday to Friday. So they're like, you need to be able to feed her and for her to still get like maintain her weight until you can get her until we can come out to you on Monday morning and put a new nose tube in. And because of that, and there was so much pressure on her weight, like they measured out her weight every day and then was like, right, you need to give her exactly 23 mils of milk. And it was so precise that it scared me off breastfeeding because I was like, I don't know how much she's getting and I don't know if it means she's putting on weight. And then I sort of then was like, she'll be in NICU forever because she won't put on weight. So we, I expressed for three months and we bottle fed her. No, um... I, I, when I look back now, I realise, like, I was really, it was a really traumatic birth, so that's why I haven't really spoke about, I don't find the birth was, I wouldn't say it was hard, my birth wasn't bad, anything like that, like, you had way more problems than I had with yours, and stuff like that, but I found, my hospital were very, like, the posters was like, birth is best, blah, 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 you mm-hmm. know, um, so when Jasper's born, he was whisked away. He had oxygen for like five minutes. He didn't need it, blah, blah. He was really, this sounds really weird. He was a really healthy preemie baby. Um, so apart from the fact he needed some light therapy, he needed some injections and stuff. He had to have some caffeine for a few days. Oh, so it's going. I know. <laughs> he caffeine. That's what we think he wants to I, I remember telling that to somebody. I think it was my mother-in-law. She was like, they're giving her what? And I was like, no, yeah, they have to give her caffeine. It stops them having sleep apnea, apparently. But then- I, I didn't so I didn't get involved like you like to research I didn't want to know anything like, I remember I walked into uh, my mum had come down with my dad and I walked in to show them Jasper and this is the time I'm using like the pop of the baby baby Nick you when they're on the incubators and stuff yep. um and they had the blue lights and he held yep. off. I didn't know what that was so I didn't see just burst into tears and obviously my NICU nurse there wasn't there at the time so the lady looking after one of the other babies across the room was like are you okay I was like no I don't know what's happening and she was like oh it's fine it's just a light therapy it's just for the jaundice and I would have felt relaxed but you know it was so scary walking in it's like weird it happened to my baby every single baby did he, and did he have the little what I call I called the minion goggles I've still got Sky's pair of minion goggles from no, her light therapy we call it his sunbed he loves a bit yeah, of so they gave they gave us it's really sweet. So when we got discharged from NICU, there's a company that make uh, they made quilts like it was like a bunch of old ladies basically mm. got together. So when you graduated NICU, my you got a box of memories. So they kept everything like her little tags and her first set of goggles yeah. and like her heart beeper monitors and all of that. Yeah, they and you got given a box everything. and a quilt. Yeah. So how long was he in NICU for? Um uh like only two weeks or something like that he was a really short stay like I know it sounds really weird because um they're meant to usually stay until their due date aren't they yeah so we that's what we were working towards there was a whole mess up at our hospital too because I was downstairs and I remember at one point somebody came into me they got me mixed up with the room opposite and we're like so your baby's coming in today and I was like oh my god she's coming into the room with me like we're going home and then they'd got it mixed up and then I sobbed my heart out because I'd got my hopes up that she was coming down yeah. and somebody upstairs somebody upstairs in, in the NICU Aww. was one of these one of these external people who was quite rude and was like no she's here for a long time and then that was like a kick in the gut because oh, it was no. like I hadn't really registered to me that she was she, and, and Sky was actually very similar to Jasper I remember I hadn't had any of the injections and stuff you had so they were really worried about her lungs and they pulled her out that kid screamed yeah, exactly. that operating room down and they were like I just remember one guy going I think her lungs are fine. <laughs> I was like, put, sure. 
Did they put Sky on you when she was born or did they whisk no, her straight away? No, I literally didn't see her. I did not. Oh. John went over. I didn't see her at all. She was, I don't even have a photo of her with me in the operating room. I have nothing. They literally whisked her straight upstairs. John got oh. to go over while they cleaned her up and checked a couple of things. And then they put her straight in an incubator and took her upstairs. Yeah. So I didn't get to see her for like four hours. No, he was put on me and they cut the, they asked Jacob, it was like a normal birth. They asked Jasper, Jacob, oh, Jasper and Jacob, why did I do that to myself? Uh, do you know, I, that's why I've always gone little man and then your partner because I keep getting the two of them mixed up. I'm like, yeah. it's, I've got all S's in my family as well. So you think I should have known. But like they, they asked if he wanted to cut the cord. He didn't, which is fine. I find that a bit gross as well. Um, and they put this like gross baby on me. He was so cute. There's like really, this. I'll have to send you some pictures of me looking high as hell with this baby, right? Oh, I was like looking at like what is it um and then he whisked off but he was in the little NICU area so like the incubator for only a few days it felt like forever but when we actually look back on the dates like I did actually post loads of stuff on my Instagram so that's kind of how I know what the dates are and I posted on Facebook updates so he was only in the incubator for a little amount of time but we did get like the baby blankets and stuff they gave us those and stuff he still got them now um but yeah, so obviously he's in a little incubator for a while. He had the tube for a good while as well, like oxygen and stuff. But he used to always pull the oxygen out and hold it with his hands. Like he used to put his fingers through and hold it. So it was quite hilarious. Um, but then he like he graduated from the NICU technically quite early. And then he was in like the, he went to the nursery section of it. And he still had to be in an incubator for a while. But then he got into a crib kind of thing. Like uh, a cot, uh, hot, yeah, a cot bed thing, isn't yeah. it? It's hot, the same hot. thing about a lid, um, really, isn't it? It's just like an incubator about a lid. So then he yeah. was in there, and I think it was only it wasn't too long before he basically was pulling his tube out, and he was he was tube fed, and we tried a few feeds out. I just felt really uncomfortable. It wasn't always the fact that like I couldn't do stuff because you know there's professionals. I always felt watched. They weren't doing that, but I felt it, and I felt very uncomfortable. I 100% feel you. I was the exact same. I yeah. felt really kind of yeah. like, and like, and, they, and then they would come over and be like, are you guys figuring it out? And you'd be like, oh, and you'd feel like you were like, you, it's yeah. like, the best way I could describe it is, do you remember when you were in school and you used to know exactly what you had to do? And then if the teacher stood behind you, your brain would freeze. And you'd be like, ooh. It's like that. Yeah, yeah it was like that. And, and that's like, what I felt like as well. I- we had to change his nappy on a schedule and we had to feed him on mm-hmm. a schedule. And they had like, they had like you of the meals and stuff. Um, like he had to have like this 10 meals and 20 meals and blah, blah meals and stuff. But did you, can I ask, this sounds so weird. Their nappy changing routine was a whole palaver. Like once he was home and we were able to change his nappy, like I swear we did not, it's like you basically bathe the baby in the NICU to change the nappy. Yeah, like, yeah oh. and you've got to, they, oh, they will only let you use cotton wool, they won't let you use oh, wipes. Yeah. Oh. yeah, and it used to be a nightmare. So like it's little things like, yeah, like uh, she was in an incubator and I wasn't even, the first day I wasn't even allowed to put, I, I could put my hands in and they were like, oh, by the way, she did her first, like her meconium poo or whatever it was so I didn't get to do any of that kind of stuff yeah I didn't Um, I wasn't that fussed like I'm not gonna lie to you like the only good thing about him being in the queue is I didn't have to be like you know mum for the moment is born you know I could like kind of step back and like learn because I didn't do any like that's exactly what I said to people like it it was like going to parenting school for three weeks really good like that is they did class that every lunchtime they had a class as well so you could go there to learn like how to swaddle how to do this how to change a baby and I was like this is like the biggest thing I think the biggest thing it helped us out with is the fact that 
we saw the nurses handle her and they were like firmer with her firmer with her than I thought because I remember somebody saying to me that like the moment that it clicks and you have a baby is when you realize that you're not going to break them yeah a lot of people think that like I remember there was one girl on our NIC unit and she didn't know she was pregnant until she gave birth right but she was so scared of her baby she was so scared of anyone touching her baby she had specific nurses like it was a big deal for her whenever she wasn't there because I was with Jasper all day basically because whenever Jacob worked he'd drop me off and he'll come pick me up after afterwards basically so I was there all day long um and the nurses would just pick up her baby sling them over their shoulder blah 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 and I'd be like she saw this she would have but I was, because I was like, once I saw how the nurses handled mm. her, and how they, I wouldn't say that, it's not like they were rough with her, but they were rougher right. than I was being. Right. I was like, right. being like, oh God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, you know, like, every time I touched her, I feel like that made us, when she did get home, so much more relaxed. Yeah, I was quite relaxed. I was still obviously worried about, you know, man handling him, but like, he didn't have wires for that long. Like, he didn't I did. To, like, he didn't have to. Like, obviously, he had his, like, heart monitor. But actually, when they took him off the heart monitors, when I was more worried. Because yeah, me like, too. I was like, see that machine that beeps when you stop breathing? Can I take that one home? And they were like, no. And I was like, please. And then also, like, do you know other babies on the ward, their beeps would go funny. And they'd be like, oh, that baby does it all the time. I'm like, oh, my God, that baby does it all the time. Help the baby. I would be sat there like these nurses. Please, just do it for my sanity. I don't care. Just press the button. They would just go mute it. And I'd be like, I know you just did yeah. that. It's still doing the flashy noise. I know. I will never ever forget um, phoning up. So we would like go. So the, our NICU, we could go whenever we wanted and mm. visit. But they basically sat down and explained to us. They were like, "Look, come," because she was on like Sky was on like a strict three hour schedule, and they were like, "Come," and then come right before a three hour schedule start, and we'll do her nappy. You can feed her, and then you can have like some skin to skin. And this was after she was out of the incubators, yeah. and some days we didn't get this because I'll explain why in a minute. She was under mm-hmm. lamps a lot. Yeah, and then you weren't allowed to touch her, or take her out. Yeah, and then they were like, and then do another round of nappy and feeding, and then go home. So we would be there for like six six hours, basically, yeah. like give and take kind of thing. Um, but it is hard, isn't it? You know, when you turn up and they've just done it, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, oh, it's it's like, really horrible. I, I was like, like, I never thought I'd be disappointed to not cheat. Now, when I look back, I'm like, what? Like, if anyone wants to change her nappy, crack on. But at the time, I was like, I want to do it. Like, like yeah. at the beginning as well, like in the NICU, they have like a nap cycle, don't they? So it's always quite dark in there anyway. But they've got like a nap cycle. So like, you just, I wouldn't pick your baby up now. You're like, okay, can I do it now? I know. It, now? it felt like having to ask permission now. <laughs> Yeah, it felt like having to ask permission, but I'll never forget phoning up. So we would do that. We'd go for like the six mm-hmm. hours and it'd usually be like from like 11 to like four or five o'clock. Yeah. And we'd phone up first thing in the morning. Like I literally would wake up and be like, phone Nick, you and John would be like, okay, cool. And he'd phone them. And I'll never forget one night they were like, so she had two apneas in the middle of the night where like her breathing monitor went off and I was like yeah. inconsolable. And they were like, it's totally normal because she was coming yeah. off the caffeine that they'd given her. And apparently oh, when they come okay. off the caffeine, it's normal. And I was like, uh, I'm pretty sure breathing is normal like this is not normal and it really scared me so then when that was the last monitor of skies to go that was the only one I was like yeah, no I like that monitor like, oh we don't need that one anymore that's what they do like they don't need that no see what we did is we would just we never called them unless we were running late but they would call me all the freaking time when they said oh they're out of milk but they were never out of milk they just wanted to make sure they had enough milk like I wasn't expressing enough they, so they would call me up say at like 11 p.m and be like you need to bring some milk in before the morning so we'd have to, I'd have to express and go down at like one o'clock in the morning oh, see I had the opposite problem so I I am um, 
at one point got told to stop bringing milk in. When we got discharged with Sky after three weeks, I had 200 bottles of frozen milk in that hospital. They had to give me my own freezer. That's terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm so jealous of you. I was so bad. I, I saw people's freezers and I'd be like, no, I was, I was, I was so stressed, and because they were making me feel terrible about breastfeed, about pumping, I was like worse. And they were like, "Relax." I was like, "Well, if you stop calling me every five minutes, I would be more relaxed about it." Yeah, I was yeah, in the cycle. I was, and they were just making me feel uncomfortable. But to be fair, when Jasper's tube got removed, he started to breastfeed because it was like, and one nurse, one of the scary nurses, actually, she helped me the most because I was quite scared of her. But she was actually really nice. But she just seemed scary to me. She put him on my boob, and he was fine. And then from that moment on, he just automatically went on my boob. Like everyone was like, "Have you had another baby?" I was like, "No." How do you know how to breastfeed? I don't. He does. Like I was like, it's nothing to do with me. I'm just holding him. He's doing what he yeah. Doing. So yeah I, Sky never. Sky, Sky was too lazy. Like and like you'll know this from having a preemie. They sleep a lot. Like me yeah. and John lived the life of Bloody Riley when she got home because we could go to the pub. We could go anywhere and there could and be the loudest. I think because of NICU and all the noise, we could go to the loudest places in the world. And Sky would sleep through everything. Yeah, it was great. He got because he was born in June, so he was only. I think he was there for like two and a bit weeks in total, right? So obviously we had the heat wave that time, so we went down the caravan with him. We went everywhere with him, but he was he still needed comfort to sleep. So that's the only thing we had. I didn't have. Oh, Sky didn't. I, I could like, put Sky even yeah. until she was like ten months. I could put Sky on her playmat and I'd leave the room and go make a cup of tea and come back no. and she'd have fallen asleep whenever I lay her down. Only like. fall asleep on me, and still sometimes now that's how it is. So yeah, I had the opposite. But you, you, you have the sleep okay thing. I'm always like, well, I mean, we, I mean, we had to pay to get the sleep okay thing. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but, but it's funny actually because I always assume that Sky's never liked co-sleeping. She's always liked her mm. own space. She's been quite and she's a quite independent kid now and stuff like that and I always put it down to the fact that she might have been preemie and it might have been from the NICU but then I speak to you and you have the exact same experience and you've got a very different kid so it shows that yeah I think it shows for anyone out there who I guess might have a preemie or does end up having one it's that you can't tell what's going to happen no yeah and it doesn't affect it doesn't affect how they are longer term say that as well like in the NIC, uh, to be fair, the NICU was really good because of the cycles and stuff. And I was a bit worried, like, because the babies can be quite nocturnal because of the yeah. NICU. Because obviously the sunshine, they don't really see a lot of the light. So they get, they just sleep when, it's just confusing for them anyway. Um, and, but, so basically we, I was breastfeeding fine and Jasper was fine feeding. He had to like, he had to hit certain markers. Like he had to be able to feed from the breast really well. He had to bottle feed well. But I didn't actually bottle feed. I said to him, I'm going to exclusively breastfeed. So I didn't have to do that one. Um, and then there's a few other markers. But the thing he was found tough was keeping his temperature. So we had to stay overnight. You had to do a night, two nights stay or one night stay. I can't remember how long it was. Within the NICU, they had like two rooms. Um, and you start to bring your baby in for them to check and stuff, blah, blah. And the first night he stayed, we were really excited because we were already told he can go home straight after this night. He's That's exactly what we did. Maintain yeah. it. And basically, one of the nurses said, I'll wrap him up loads, put a hat on him. And then the nurse, the warden nurse came around the next day and was like, this is really bad. Who told you to do that? And we were like, oh, we don't know which one. It was just a nurse. We didn't want to be mean, you know. So then we had to stay another night. And she was like, don't do that. Let's just see what happens. If he dro- if his temperature drops loads, we'll just keep you in for a little bit longer. But luckily, it's fine. So that's all we had to do. And we had to sign some paperwork. And we had to have, like, a full body, like, checkup and stuff. But... 
Yeah, we were. I, I, I think if we had stayed on the NICU unit for longer, I would have deteriorated because I had to get. I was basically wanting support for mental health that wasn't being given to me. Like it was just such okay. a wastefulness. So I waited ages, and once by the time I had it. I was kind of like in the mode of like, nothing's wrong. But there was loads wrong. She was literally like, you are so routined. It's a problem. Like I was so, like this is what happens on each hour of the day. Like not just for Jasper, for me, like I had like in my head a routine and it was really annoying for everyone around me because I was so set. Like if something changed, I would go like ballistic and I would be a mess because I was just so I think I was just so pent up and like nervous and like I just didn't like the feeling of being watched and judged yeah I was 100% the same they kind of are to make sure that you're viable parents aren't they but it was just a bit like ugh. Yeah, so it was just an emotional rollercoaster that bit it felt it felt like to me that you were being watched and judged because you were the reason they were here early and they shouldn't Mm. be here and that's kind of how I felt and I think with pumping it's really hard not to get into a routine because I was like every three hours I've got to be in the pump because I've got to be and it gets into your head and then Mm. I remember when Sky came so Sky was in NICU for three weeks she I went in so my hospital did a very similar thing to you you had to be readmitted for a couple of days um to check that they could keep all their vitals up and all of that kind of stuff before you could go home that day for me that I was told to come in for that two nights day was Christmas Eve and we went home on Boxing Day which was just typical um but yeah and I and I and I remember them being like you know if she loses weight or whatever then she'll have to come back and I had this and that's why I didn't breastfeed because I had this gut fear like like we had I remember the week that she came home we had the midwife the health visitor and the NICU people would come out three times a week. So there was somebody here like yeah. every day. And I'd be like that to John, like, I need to be up. I need to have my makeup on it. The house needs to be clean. The house, like, and I was doing all this and John was like, dude, you had a C-section like three weeks ago where you just sat on your arse. Like, no one checked our house ever. No, we came, we had, we had the NICU people came to our house three times a week. No. Until, until her nose tube came out. Yeah, I think that's why you had it, because I, we had nothing. We had one visit, which was obviously that, you know, the people that come visit you normally, what they call it. Yeah. And we went, after he was, I think like a week or two after he's discharged, we went back to the baby unit and he got discharged from the NICU forever. Yeah. Yeah, no, we didn't. And then we didn't, so... The reason Sky was in for longer is because she ended up with a hematoma on her head. So one day mm. I went into NICU and noticed that on the front, like front right of her head, basically like kind of like above her eye where her hairline is, yeah. she started to develop a massive lump. Ooh. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? And it was it was a, it was a nurse that pointed out to me, like, look, her head's a bit of a funny shape. Did you have forceps? And I said, no, I had a C-section. And they were like, okay. She mm. seems to be, and the, this lump got bigger and bigger and like you could almost see it in front of your eyes so then they had to send her off obviously for a whole bunch of brain scans which was awful and so so terrifying and again I don't think I've actually spoken about this much because it was horrible horrible and we weren't allowed to go with her yeah and they she went for these scans and stuff turns out what it was is I had actually been in labor so on that like she came on the Wednesday right and on the Sunday beforehand I went to London I went to London Zoo Mm-hmm. and I remember being with my group of mates and they laugh about this now and just kept having to sit down because I had stomach ache turns out I probably had been in labour for like four days yeah. and basically where her head was rubbing against my pelvic bone oh my God. it was essentially an internal blood blister oh my lord 
But we had had this issue with the fact that her jaundice levels kept spiking really high and then yeah. they wouldn't go down and then they go down and then they go really high. So Sky was on the lamps for like a good two weeks. Yeah, Jasper had a few moments of that as well. But it's like, because yeah. hers was because she was trying to absorb the blood from this hematoma. Oh, no. So they sent her home and her jaundice levels were just okay and they were like if they get worse yeah she'll have to come back in again but it turns out as soon as we because we got her home and we took her out for a walk and obviously once you get vitamin d is one of the best treatments for jaundice and once she actually got into natural daylight which she'd obviously not seen for three weeks she was absolutely fine so you know and then it never went back up again but i remember the 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 jaundice lamp days were the hardest because you weren't allowed i I wasn't allowed to pick her up and they were in there for a while no i think we were really we were really lucky because obviously jasper wasn't very good at keeping warm but he came out of hospital during a heat wave so we we couldn't keep him cool enough so we were very i just feel like Actually, when we talk about having a preemie baby, I just thought we were very lucky because A, we had pre-warning. B, you know, he had all the drugs. He came out at quite a good weight. And he, they don't, they didn't focus on weight very much in the NICU and our one. It wasn't. They just like they drop like half a load of their birth weight, and then they bring it back up. They didn't really care that much about it because they were like, it's going to fluctuate. Don't panic yourself about weight and stuff. Um, but then, like, we came out of hospital so quickly. When I know people have been in there like way before us and way after us, so I always feel really guilty talking about like him being a preemie because I know some people are like, yeah, that's not the half of what we had. Like, you know. It's just really like we were just had an easy ride, really. But it's still, I think, I but I think this is where. So, what weight was Jasper, by the way? Four point one. So four four pounds. Is it four pounds? Four. Yeah. Yeah. Four, um, Sky was four. four Sky was Sky was four pounds five. Yeah. Um, but I think this funny. is where. This is where I think, and this is where I get annoyed, and it's interesting actually because I saw a may a tweet or I think it might have been on Instagram because it was obviously birth. Yeah. Trauma awareness week the other week. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that used to wind me up is I found it quite traumatic. And Sky actually, and again, you know, touch would never think, was actually fine. Like, other than the, the scare with her head, perfectly healthy, actually, four pounds five for a baby that early. Everyone's like, that's a pretty good weight. Like, she, it yeah. was fine. Yeah. But then what used to bug me is I used to be like, to people like, oh, I actually found it really hard and it was really scary. And they'd be like, well, at least she's here and she's alive and she's safe. And they'd almost dismiss it. And I'd be like, well, yeah, I know we didn't have it as hard, but it didn't make it any less terrifying at the time. Well, like, if people that follow me are listening, they probably would notice that, like, after I gave birth, I didn't bounce back. I was in so much pain. I wouldn't use the word bounce back. But I kind of went back into the rhythm of, like, I've got my colourful dungarees on. I was taking my outfit pictures in the mirror. I was kind of just being me because I had to kind of disconnect myself so quickly into being me again because I was really worried that if I had a traumatic birth, A, I wouldn't bond, and B, I would lose myself within Jasper and it would just send me on like a really deep spiral. So I yeah. kind of seemed okay. And I think actually I was okay. I wasn't that bad because like I, with my mental health, basically, if I have a big problem, I don't find it stressful. I kind of kind of go into survival instincts where you can't be stressed. If I lose a pen and I can't find it, it's like the biggest, most horrible thing that's ever happened to me in my life. So it's really weird. But then I think it was like, I think when he hit about eight months to a year, I just was like, everything just hit me like a wave. And I just yeah. actually felt, I just, I my memory's not even that great. Like, even I said to you, didn't I? I had to read my blog post to remember, like, all the dates and stuff. <laughs> like, I just felt, 
like absolute shite. Like I just, yeah. I never blame myself for him being a preemie. I was like, okay, fair enough. My placenta was like open and stuff. Like they would sew that if there was a next time and stuff, blah, blah. But it was more of a case of like, oof, that was hard. Like I think it was the breath, like the pumping. I just felt bullied. Um, yeah. I just, I really did feel berated. I know they probably weren't, but if I heard breast is best one more time, I could have tackled one of those nurses and like shoved them into a boob. Um, it's it's so oh. funny because I've still got and I've kept it to one day like laugh about it. I remember them giving me a crocheted boob, right? I have a knitted boob upstairs hidden in Sky's wardrobe that they gave me to explain to me why I needed to breastfeed. Oh. And I remember, I remember st- so it was supposed to be a prop, right? I was supposed oh. to give it back and I stole it. Oh my God. That's me fully admitting. I stole it and I have it upstairs. And one day, if Sky decides to have kids and struggles with breastfeeding, I'm going to give her this crocheted boob and be like, let me tell you a story, love. You, yeah. I, you know, you've no. turned out fine. Like, so yeah. I, I breastfed up to five months. Well, so I've not had a bad experience with it. Apart from the infection in my boob where I thought I was going to die. Um, honestly, that was horrible. I breastfed up to five months and then we were already going to like in, do mixed feeding anyway because I was just like, I'm tired of this. Um, but his his percentile dropped or something like that. I had this horrible, horrible nurse lady at one of his appointments. Honestly, oh, she doesn't know how to do a job properly. She was basically covering another midwife, and you could tell she didn't want to. Well, don't do it then. Um, but she basically made me feel really bad um, about him. And then I was like, well, can I have a prescription for milk? She's like, oh, why aren't you going to try? Then I was like, well, I have, and I would like a prescription for milk just in case. And then and then we combi fed, and then he was like, oh, the bottle is easier, so then I stopped breastfeeding. So I didn't actually have a bad experience with breastfeeding. It was just pumping. But do you know when I, whenever it's like breastfeeding awareness month or week or whatever, I just, I think I get flashbacks to those nurses. I just want to punch anyone that says breast is best. I honestly, I'm like, don't. You don't understand how much trauma you put people through making people feel bad about it. Like, honestly, it's, it's terrifying when you can't. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. And it's, it's like, for me, it wasn't even that I can't. I don't know if I could or I can't. And I don't know if I ever will know if I could or I can't. But I was too scared to because I was so scared that they were going to take her back off me and put her back in that NICU. And I don't yeah. think I could have gone through that. But like, and I that's what scared me. Either. I didn't want to breastfeed. So one the moment I found I was pregnant, because I've got a boob job, I was like, they're not sucking the life out of my boobs. I paid enough money for these. They're mine. These bad boys have been bought and paid for, guys. Honestly, I was like, I'd only had them for two years. I was like, you are kidding me. Because one of the reasons I found out I was pregnant is because my boobs were growing. I was like, you are kidding me. I did not pay four grand for my natural boobs to come in at a later age. This is, this is absolute <laughs> crap. I was so livid. So, so livid. And I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. Thank God. Like, that's kind of like what I was like. I was like, I cannot have, like, any bigger boobs. Um, and then I was like, no, I'm not going to breastfeed. I don't care. I really don't care. And then as soon as they were like, oh, you're going to early labour, I was like, are they going to ask me to breastfeed? I was like, I'll give it a go. And it was easy for me, so I kept it going. If it wasn't easy, I would have been like, I don't want to do it. I wouldn't have done it. But I was like, they're going to talk about breastfeeding next, aren't they? That's freaking great. Don't care. I I mean, to be fair, there was a specialist person in NICU that talked about breastfeeding with me, but we we got on like, and she was lovely. But she actually was great. One, she was Scottish, so I instantly liked her. (laughs) And then two, she was very much like, look, I get with a preemie baby, there's a whole bunch of other, uh, like, because I have, I suffer 
badly with chronic anxiety and a yeah. lot of my anxiety is based around control and if I can't don't feel in control of a situation or what's going to happen I struggle so with yeah. her with knowing how much milk she was due it was that nurse that said to me she was like if you express exclusively so you know exactly that yeah. she's getting the right amount she's like that still counts as breastfeeding darling she was like it still counts yeah. it's coming from your she's like and bless her she was like yeah, it she's like, it's coming from your tits love it counts and I was like yeah and she had to remind me of that quite a few times because I felt bad about it and she was like no she was like it counts and I did it for I wanted to do six months but I got I think I've said before in a podcast I got thrush in my boobs and basically my nipples oh. were raw were like bleeding oh. and I was having to throw oh. the milk away because they were full of blood the milk was full hey. of blood and my John was like, Megan, just stop. He's like, you've done three months, you've done enough. See, like, I didn't know this, and this isn't shaming anyone at all. I did, I always, you know when you hear about breastfeeding, you hear about, like, chap nipple, don't you, about pain and stuff? I never realised until I actually breastfed and I spoke to specialists that it's not meant to hurt because your baby grasp yeah. and like everyone tells you it's really what? painful and then you're like oh okay so you just assume it is but it's not supposed to it's be it's not not meant to if your baby latches correctly i'm only using that word loosely if your baby in the connection works it's not meant to hurt so i didn't have painful breastfeeding until towards the end you know when he's getting like a bit shoddy at it so i was really relieved so everyone's saying to me oh you're you got do you want this nipple cream I was like no but I didn't want to ever say it's not meant to hurt because I know a lot of people it does hurt and that's traumatic as well I'm like oh I'm not an expert I don't I've it just worked for me and that's all at the end of the day I was never gonna judge however anyone does it but I was so relieved to find out it wasn't gonna hurt but yeah. I don't know why that's such a like. It's basically like it's like a female thing, isn't it? Like everything we do has to have some sort of product to sell us because we're doing it. So like you know, your breastfeeding hurts. Here's a nipple cream. That's what it is, isn't it? It's just it's scary what's out there. But I would say pumping hurts. Oh, pumping hurts. Yeah, pumping hurts. Like my ni- my nipples were like like. It li- John was convinced that like the pointy bit of my nipple, at, like, basically all around that was raw, and he was convinced that the pump because this is when I had the thrush. Literally, was going to pull my nipple off. He was like, "Dude, he's like seriously, it looks like your boobs about to come off. Like, will you please stop? Oh, this is really no. upsetting me. It no, was so painful. No, oh my god. Oh. So after NICU, how was life bringing up Jasper? Because I was fine. Sky had her nose tube in and when we first took her out when she was tiny, people used to stare at her like she was an ill baby and that used to, like, that that brought out mama bear rage like I've never known. Yeah. Like, I was like, stop staring at my kid. Most people were lovely and would come up and be like, oh my god, she's so tiny. Like, I'm guessing yeah. she was early and be fine. But I'll never forget sitting in Wagamama's. I think I spoke about this on the episode with John. There was this woman that kept staring at her and pointing and I was like, John, it's like, if she points at my kid one more time, I'm going to rip, rip off her yeah. fucking head. And it used to really, and, yeah. like, and it used to, like, the fact that she I guess didn't look like every other baby because she was so tiny and she had this tube used to like I used to be kind of paranoid about it taking her out and then I went down a whole like anxiety spiral about milestones milestones is the thing and still is to this day the thing I struggle with most because it's very hard when you follow people and everybody and things like and you didn't do NCT but in your NCT group had full-term babies and they'd be doing stuff and it always felt like sky was really behind and it used to really get me down did you ever feel the same or whenever we talk about you you're like I'm just like no I'm I'm not that one am I I'm not like when he I wish I wasn't I'm just like can you help me by recommending me something please because you know stuff um no basically when he came out he was tiny and I was a bit scared um but when I felt okay 
and most of my problems was because of my mental health. So because of my borderline, um, I have like weird relationships. I was already worried that I wasn't going to bond with him, but it was fine. Kangaroo, you know, all the cuddles in the world. He loved me. I love him. Um, but I needed help with basic things and I was very open. So Jacob's mum is an ex-nurse, so I trusted her, but I only trusted her and I only trusted Jacob. I didn't really like anyone else touching or being near my baby. Not in a weird, like, you're going to hurt them way, but in a weird, like, that's mine, don't touch. Um, So I was really weird. I trusted Jacob's mum and she really did help. Like, she knew a lot of stuff. Obviously, she's got three kids and stuff. So she was really helpful and she knows, like, how much she did and how much I appreciate and stuff. Um, but it was more of a case of I just went through waves of like, I don't want any help because I don't want to seem like I need help. And then it was like, but please help me. Um, so yeah, I was a bit like paranoid about weird things and stuff. And I had weird like attachment issues and all these, like, I was never that worried about going out. We actually went out loads when he was first born and stuff, but because I spent a lot of time with Jacob's mum, um, basically, and yeah that really helped but when he was so like people did stare kind of but he you couldn't see him in his pram basically because he was so he didn't he didn't fit the length of his pram so his head would be like basically underneath yeah so that's kind of the same she literally looked yeah. like honestly she's like a dot in this gigantic spaceship yeah, <laughs> she was so small the thing is jake's mum would like slaver him in with like sun cream to the point he looked like a ghost so it was hilarious like literally it looked like he was like honest I, I i have to send you a picture it was hilarious I was gonna say, i'm gonna need a picture of that um, because it sounds so sweet i, I have to explain to you that he wasn't ill it's just sun cream um but basically the only thing we did find is you know how they say don't let people near your baby but like old ladies especially want to see don't they they want to touch so you're like so people sometimes get signs and stuff we didn't bother so bar- we didn't bother with a sign we didn't oh. bother with a sign but i saw other people yeah. that did some people were a bit funky and like try to touch him or try to come close into his pram. I would nearly punch him in the face. But it's only till, do you know when? Okay, so I don't know about you, Sky. So you talk about milestones and stuff. When Jasper finally lifted his head up, like when we went to Tesco and stuff, we would have this tiny baby who looks like a newborn but can hold his own head up. That's yep. what people would be like, what the fuck? Like they'd be like staring at him like, that is either a very, very advanced baby or a very, very tiny one. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. And we still get sometimes get that now. Like I even today was at the park this morning with Sky, and somebody like Sky, keep in mind, is ninth percentile for height, right? So, I mean, I hate the percentiles. I've it's written a whole. In fact, I think I wrote I, I wrote an article for my Patreon about how I wish you could parent without numbers because I think percentiles and weights and mills and all this kind of stuff. Means. I'm not going to lie to you. I really oh. don't. It basically means she's an right? She's tiny. Um, so it's all based on like averages of the population. She's oh, only, okay, yeah. right? So she's quite small. So when Sky first learned to walk, she learned to walk literally, I think about like a week before lockdown happened. So call yeah. it like beginning of March, end of Feb. So she was what, 16 months or something? Yeah. She looked like she was about oh, 10, 11 months. And people used to be like, used to think she was really advanced. And still yeah. today, like, Sky's what, nearly 22 months and people still think she's not even 18 months yet. Like, she still get, like, people yeah, like, oh, like, look like younger. See, I think people think that about Jasper. People don't really uh, say, like, people, he walks now. So he started walking at about 13 months. Not like proper walking, wobble walking. And now he can walk properly now. And he's what, June, so July, August, September. So yeah, it's he's what, 13, 14, he's 15 months now and he's proper walking walking 
But I think he is still quite small. Like you've seen pictures of him. He is quite small, isn't he? I just don't think of it. But I think when people see him walking around, they do think, oh, you know? Yeah. I yeah, we get, like, I, I don't get it as much until they say, how old is she? Yeah. Usually he, usually he, you just can't get some for a boy all yeah. the time. They do and I'll be like, no, I'll be like, oh, she's 22 months, so, like, nearly two. And then they go, oh. And that's when they, when we get it with Sky, is when we tell them how old she actually is. And then they're like, oh, I assume she was a lot younger than that. Like, mm. And I'm like, no, no. And I, and, I, and I always say, almost like it comes out of my mouth, this one sentence now, like, oh, she's 22 months, but she was seven weeks early, so she's a bit on the little side. It almost comes out as one sentence now. Like, I don't even, like, p- pause because I've always had to say it because people's reaction or I don't know why used to make me no, feel I really don't. uncomfortable I think do you know when he was first born and people be like oh cute little baby how old is he and I say and they're like oh he's really small but like, oh he's seven weeks early blah blah since he's been like standing or anything I don't know I just don't think of him as that small I think oh he used to be smaller and cuter and now See, he's I don't think of even when she was a tiny, like, we'd never had a newborn. And neither of us had been around, like, my niece, who's the only other baby in my family, is 28, right? Hmm. Now, so I was six when she was born. So, like, I've not exactly had much frame of reference when it comes to newborn kids, right? Yeah. So, to us, it was almost like she was normal. So, yeah. it used to be weird we'd then get that reaction. Now, to me, she looks normal. Until I put her next to a kid yeah. that's the same age as her. I and then I realised that she yeah. comes up to their shoulder. And I'm like, oh, okay, no, you, yeah. you are quite small. Secret of lockdown, Jasper hasn't been to his like sensory class or swimming in ages, so I don't see him against other babies of his age. Yeah, yeah. it's not until I see that. But then what doesn't help is, so Rosie, who's my last mm. podcast guest, like Grayson, so Sky's ninth percentile for height, and Grayson's like 95th. So he's a oh. tall kid, and Sky's yeah, a small kid. And see, when they're next to each other, given that Sky's older than him, it's like little and large, it's actually hilarious. Like Sky like just clears his shoulder. <laughs> she seems tiny. When Jasper started going to sensory class and stuff, he there's such an age range there. There was one other preemie there. And she, as soon as she found out Jasper was a preemie, she was like, oh, tell me your story and I'll tell you mine, blah, blah, which was kind of nice. Yeah, um, it's nice. But he, uh, but I don't know. I've not seen him around other babies his age. And he's in 18 to 24 month clothes anyway, because he's long. So I just don't see it. But I reckon once this is all over and I like, he gets into classes, that's when it will be noticeable. Because for now, people just think he's a miracle child that's like, you know, ahead of his time. And I'm just don't I don't dispute it. I'm like, Sky yeah, did some things. Sky did some things bang on. Like Sky mm. Sky rolled it four months, which I like and so this is where the whole world of preemie baby is confusing because you've got phone because I wrote down all his like when he did stuff right, but I don't know when they're meant to do stuff because you kept track of milestones in that way. I didn't. I just knew he might be behind. He might not be behind. Who cares? That's how I thought oh, it. I, I wish I envy you in that because I was paranoid about it. So uh, like the problem is, is I bought loads of books that were like your baby week by week oh. and I'd read all of them and I was like, okay, so by this week they should be doing this, by this week they should be doing this. Week. That's the kind of person I am. You said she started to roll over at four months, right? Yeah. Jasper took till six months. Yeah, but then Sky took, she rolled over and she that kid used to, I mean, I when yeah. I say roll across my entire living room to get somewhere because she was lazy she crawled about seven months that's fairly average but she didn't walk until 16 months because I remember going at her one year check I was like she's not standing up and I was like really freaking out about it and Sky's also a W sitter and I was really freaking out oh, about yeah, that same. I didn't know about that my friend was like oh Shell you might want to be like 
not like she wasn't being judged. She was like, he sits like this, and I and like my sister did that, and it's not good for them. I was like, oh, well, I didn't realize this either. And then you go down a Google hole, and it's like, look, it's like I was like, oh, for God's sake, he's trying his best here. <laughs> I think I might have been like, you know, a proud mama here and just over and just wrote this as bullshit, right? Because I've put eight months assisted walking. I think that is a complete bull now when I think back to it. Now I think I put that on there like he just did a big old wiggle with one of our hands before, right? But he, he started to sit up and call it seven months, apparently. Yeah, seven months yeah. is the way when Sky did it, actually. Yeah, but then equally. Seven months sounds normal when you say it, but when I was in the, the zone of Instagram and NCT friends and all of their kids had done it already, yeah. it always felt like Sky was, same with like speaking now, like Sky is what, 21 months and she's still not like, there's people's kids on Instagram I see who are the same age that are like stringing yeah. sentences together and Sky can say, oh, Sky's most said thing is stuck. Oh, stuck, okay. stuck, 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 like- stuck. That's oh. handy, that one is, though, isn't it? Because I bet she gets... It is, and that's, that's the most recent word, and it is the handiest, to be fair. Oh, but, yeah, I found with the preemie thing, like, the... I feel like comparison's a hard thing when you're a mum anyway, it, if you let yeah. it get to you. I and then so. add on top yeah. of that, the preemie thing, it's just, like, a whole concoction of... Oh, I don't know. Are you more into the Instagram hole than I am? Of I didn't... Because I was very, like, I'm not a mum. Like, I from the moment I got pregnant, I was like, this ain't me. Because I... I used to be like in some sort of like when I was it I used to follow some mummies on Instagram before I was a mum and I don't really like that style of social media. It's not for me. I don't really care about seeing your kid that much. Sort of yeah. I am. It's not me being rude. It's just not my style, right? Um. So as soon as I got pregnant, I was like, oh, I cannot do that to myself. I had a real, I had a real identity crisis, and again, this is something I want to do a whole episode on. I had a real identity crisis. I. I got really depressed when I was mm-hmm. pregnant because I realised that my life already had to change. I thought I had yeah. time before it had to change and it had to change fairly early on and I couldn't do stuff I did before and couldn't dress the way I wanted and all that and I really struggled. Yeah. And then I ended up sort of somehow, and I never intended to end up in the mummy Instagram space. I genuinely didn't. But I think one day I'd had enough, right? Yeah. And I'd beaten myself up because I felt like, because Sky had got here and was like a miracle and was yeah, fine. Yeah, you have to be okay, don't you, of everything. I had to be okay and it was fine. And I couldn't, because I'd wanted a baby for three years and it hadn't happened, I it had everything yeah. had to be hunky dory and everything. And one day I was like, do you know what? I'm fucking miserable. And actually I want to tell somebody about it. And I'd never, like, I followed a few mums. I followed people like Abby Richards, for example, and like yeah, Barbara, who, yeah. who were due babies around the same time because mostly that was kind of like a, oh, you're going through something I am at the same time. I, I didn't mean to get into the space. And I think one day, yeah. I think I went on Instagram stories and was like, guys, this is fucking boring. And then yeah. all of a sudden I got, I think, I think it, God bless her, Amy Farquhar gave me a shout out on her stories, being like, finally somebody that's saying what everybody wants to yeah. hear. And then all of a sudden I got all these mummies, like mummies following me. And I was like, oh, and I never, yeah. I genuinely never intended it. But that's the same I kind of was bored of, I was bored of saying, I was bored of everybody being like, motherhood's brilliant. And I was like, guys, I am bored. And this is hard. Yeah. Like, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. It's, it was so similar for me. I think we do follow a lot of the same people. But so my audience is very much either it's very pregnant people or mum people but I also had a lot of people that got pregnant after I gave birth so they watched my journey and then I had a lot of like can I ask you questions and stuff and I was like that's fine so I have a very mummy like not influence I mean audience so it's really weird because I'm I'm not gonna be like in mummy like Instagram I wasn't my thing I didn't mind talking about it like it's not a big deal 
but I don't know I just I did follow a few mums and stuff like that that I did swiftly unfollow and I was like I don't care what your child's doing I don't care that he's taking her poop on the potty who cares like I will be I only ever discuss things that people ask a lot of questions with so I didn't get the questions all the time because there's no point me dming the same like a million people like the same answer when I could just go on my stories and go Jasper slept through the night yesterday but tonight he was a dickhead you know sure that was easier I've always been very open about like my motherhood journey in the way that like I do love my son but my god if I don't have personal space I can't survive because my son loves me to death to the point that if he could suffocate me which he does try to sometimes he would like it is I am very much like if my son's a bit of a knobhead I'm allowed to call him a bit of a knobhead yeah, yeah. I'm a, I am, you know me, I am 100% on that bus. And I think the reason we get on so well is because I'm the same as you. The bit of motherhood I struggle with the most is the fact that I really, really miss being selfish. And I really miss yeah, being I'm on my a own. very selfish person. Like, it comes to my nature. Like, I have to do what I want to do. And I didn't realize how much time I had before. And now I have no time. And I still don't get how people, like, people always ask me, how do I do so much? right because I'm like okay this I'm not I don't you really don't see the fact that I'm not doing that much I'm really not doing that much at all it just looks like I am but you know on the days that like I've technically got Jasper I don't I'm not one of those that mums that make loads of tasks for him and stuff I'm terrible I am I need to learn that over the new year like different tasks now he's like developing more but I'm just like I am a very relaxed mama in the way that me and Jasper just do what we want to do we just slide through life see I am, I genuinely envy you because I am. I want to be that mum, and I want to be that mum so bad. Yeah, but but, I'm- but okay, this is the only problem, right? So we watch a lot of Netflix. Jasper now can turn the TV on, turn the Xbox on, and pop Netflix on. <laughs> what you, you don't want me because there's not a remote control. I put the remote control on sat mode, so he can't turn any buttons on. Does he know how to turn it back on TV mode? Yes. Does he know how to recharge the? xbox remote controller does he know which buttons press yes there's nothing safe in my world anymore nothing nothing Nothing. it's all right i've been playing i've been playing the avengers video game and sky's learned how to do hulk smash now so it's fine Uh, (laughs) that is that's fun i just have to listen to some crap on netflix that jasper wants to listen to and then to be fair he does like my programs he really loves gilmore girls every time that like trailer comes on or the opening scene he stands there having a dance and I'm like oh I love you I love you oh what a hero Sky likes Bob's Burgers so I'll let her off I'm like TV mamas here oh oh, oh, I'm like the past couple of days especially I've been a total TV mama Sky's obsessed with Dougie at the minute like it's the only thing that keeps her happy I haven't allowed Jasper to watch anything that I've heard things about from other parents just in see Dougie it's alright I refuse Peppa Pig and Paw Patrol are banned in this house yeah the only thing I'm really scared of is the night garden only because I babysat once and that program scares the shit out of me that is just a wrong that's wrong wait the only the only time that anyone should watch in the night garden over the age of like three is when they've taken hardcore drugs in my opinion I don't get what's going on but whoever no one does and the perspective's off and don't get me and the pinky punk makes fart noise it's just weird and the pinky punk juice looks like jizz it's awful right it's just the weirdest program ever (laughs) but no I uh, no we I'm very relaxed like we're totally but then again I said to you haven't I like I need some help with certain things so tell me what you know because I like as a relaxed relaxed parent I, ha- I have to then like know my shit sometimes so it's now learning now 
But that's why friendships like ours are perfect because we can help each other out. You can chill me out and I'm then I can like, give you a letter time stare should be fine. Information from the 1800 books I've read. <laughs> no, but like but, that's the reason I think Jasper's progressed, how he's progressed because I literally let him do anything he wants until he learns either not to do it or to do it well. Yeah, I mean that's I mean yeah, I mean that's why I've started trying to relax now and let Sky like She's super brave and fearless. And I'm really trying to not let my, I guess, health anxieties about the fact that she came early affect that. And I'm letting her kind of like live her best. And if I, you know, as long as she's safe, you know, and and I'm not like flinging her into pit, you know, pit flames or whatever. No, I think when you become a mum, I've heard this from a lot of mums that you like have weird, you get weird fears that you never had before, that you become a bit more of an anxious, fearful person. Like, I, yeah. that's what I've heard from everyone. So I think we naturally now are just more scared of things. And I, Jasper is like, slate is clean. So I'm like, you just learn what you want to be scared of. Go on. You pick up the spider and we don't want to touch. Go on. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, you learn what you shouldn't do. <laughs> Amazing. Right. I'm going to go ask, I'm going to go through the questions that people have sent us now. So the first one is one that I genuinely don't know what the answer is. And I feel like I should. What advice would you give to somebody to how they could best support somebody who's had a preemie baby? Well, not to, like, you know, self-promote. I did write a blog post on this recently. But oh, well, you need to give a link to it, and I'll put it in the show notes. But um, basically, all I, I just, I found, like, really odd that when you Google about NICU and stuff and preemie, there's loads of posts on how to deal with it as a parent, but my first reaction wasn't to Google it. Um, no. I don't know. I think it's just a case of, like, do you know, like, if you can transport them to the hospital, do that for one. Like, do yeah. little tasks, isn't it? Like, clean their house, batch cook them food because they will need that. That's a nice one to do. Um, don't buy them lots and lots of the same baby clothes. Don't keep buying them loads of preemie clothes. Only buy them a select amount because the babies grow very fast and then it's a waste. That's one. I, I don't know how many, like, snuggies you have, but we have about... 15 snuggy things you know there's like little <laughs> teddy bear on the end sky's got mouse who's her absolute favorite and we have five of them now because that was her like attached thing yeah but, but we think- at, at the beginning we got tons of them yeah, yeah. we got tons of we, somebody oh. i think there's somebody somewhere in the world wrote a blog post about the fact that you should yeah. give preemie yeah. babies octopuses and we have about yeah. 20 octopuses you should buy the cotton shop octopus, so that's a very good one to buy. You absolutely should. And we have a cotton shop octopus, and it's still in this guy's face. We have, like, everything else part of the octopus, because I basically now, like, provide all the goods. I'm like, can can you make other stuff that's not baby stuff? Because I can't buy Jasper any more rattles. No, I know, I'm the same. I'm like, I can't justify buying her this because it's for babies, but I really, really want it, so... Um, oh, please. Um, Sky, one of Sky's favourite things in the world is her cotton shop uh, rainbow cushion she gives it cuddles no, I want one of those for myself actually it's the best anyway <laughs> yeah, I just think um, a case of like don't ask them when the baby's coming home like yeah that used to wind me up you can ask questions like how they because I think some people get really scared of being like oh how are they no you can ask that because like we might want to say if we say oh we don't know we don't want to hit we don't want to talk about it, that's fine but it's a case of just you just got to be a friend and it's the same as any other time but just I, I would say that would be my advice. My advice would be don't ask when they're coming home because you know what? Nobody wants know. them to come home quicker than mum does. And if it's not happening, it's not something to point out. No. Other than that, 
we're kind of the same as every other mum. We still need the same support. We still need batch cooked food. A lift to and from the hospital for us would have been absolute yeah. gold dust for sure. Um, and yeah, and just like, I'm blessed. One of my NCT friends did bring us because we had nothing in preemie size. They did buy us like yeah. one pack of something. So like if it's been like my case, which was they didn't know, you know, if they don't have anything, ask them, do yes, you need size zero? Do you need size zero nappies? Do you need us to pick up some preemie clothes? Like stuff like that is helpful because yes. I had never even considered any of that. But that is that's oh, yeah. pretty much it. And it's hard to get as well. Um somebody said, What's the best thing and the hardest thing about being a preemie mum? Which I think we've sort of covered. For yeah. me, the best thing was three weeks of parenting school. Yeah. in NICU in a weird way that for me is a real positive because I was much more confident and then the hardest thing for me was the whole milestone comparison thing for sure yeah like I think the best thing for me was the fact that Jasper came out so small so my vagina's okay because I went through the ward afterwards right and these babies are freaking huge their heads hoofed I was like well, I never forget when Sky got to nine nine pounds and she must have been like two months old when she hit nine pounds and they're like so this is her nine pounds and john was like some people give birth to a baby that size and i was like oh, I think, no. I think jasper's like head was nine centimeters or something that's what the digit in my head is like there like nine centimeters diameter he had a tiny head so basically i didn't have to hurt my like hoo-ha too much that's what i think was really good like i now i think if i gave birth again and it was a normal heavy baby whew, i wouldn't know what to do with myself somebody's asked actually has it put you off having another and what are the chances of that situation happening again like my case is I basically have a cervix that is rubbish and it's like relaxed and it's like woohoo um so I from what I've heard I haven't discussed it with anyone but basically they would just put they just sew it like you know like a gastric band sort of thing they just and then they'll let it go when they want to give birth but I'm like well do we can we do like can we do like 34 weeks 36 weeks do we have to push it to 40 do we do we have to can we like you know i'm like i don't need a full-term baby as long as it's healthy i'll be fine <laughs> like, yeah. destroy me inside no i'm not necessarily put off by it i think looking back now i really really enjoyed my pregnancy but i had no pregnancy at all so like i'm like i would like to be pregnant again and stuff i and get jealous of that that's the one th- i don't think i'll have another one so basically Placental abruption, if you've had yeah. one, you're 80% more likely it's going to happen yeah. again. See, I so that know. puts me off. Yeah, I would be, I would, I, I've, I've basically, I work with a woman who gave birth at like 25 or 26. She gave birth just as her third, like before her third, third trimester, basically. And she's really put off by having another baby because of that. Whereas I didn't have any real complications that I know of. Maybe I have. You don't, they're not going to go like, you know, having a look, are they, for no reason. Um, but I think mine's like a solvable solution a little bit. So, yeah. and I, I wouldn't really want to have to do this Nick New thing again. It was horrible, but I didn't have the worst experience in the world. So I don't, it's not put me off basically. Yeah, I feel like, I see for me, it's a combination of things. It was a combination of the miscarriage combined mm-hmm. with the C, the whole CVS thing and that risk combined. Yeah. And also like, I mean, I'm going to be 35, not in the massive distant future. So mm-hmm. like I'm getting on a bit, right? So then the risks yeah. get increased and all of that kind of palaver. Yeah. But no, I can't understand. part of me gets really jealous of people that go full term. I will yeah. fully admit. Like I, I'm jealous I never got that gigantic ass bump and 
and to experience yeah. I don't want to say proper birth because it makes me cross and I also I've got a real issue with natural birth because it means that what I did was not natural and that annoys me See, so I like, was really worried about I didn't want to have a c-section like I'm like any other woman I've been conditioned to think no I don't want that but I just I don't know what it is I just oh I've got elective c-section next time I didn't want to have a scar and I was just I just it's something that I attached I just didn't want to have a scar so I was really lucky that I could give birth vaginal is that a better word I don't like that word either. yeah yeah I know what you mean I was really I lucky, basically but I, I don't there's not there's not like it's not na- unnatural to give birth as a c-section that's just you know you're giving birth but that's the thing you're doing it you're doing it you know but it's funny now I think because I've lost faith in my body to hold on to a baby and look after a whale hmm. as much as I'd I, I would love to experience natural birth I think I'd go for an elective C-section next time because from a control point of view for the way that my brain and my anxiety and my mental health works, having that exact date and time to work towards, I actually think would really help me. Yeah, that would. Because giving birth was really hard for me because I didn't understand what I was meant to do. And it's nothing like, you don't don't get taught this. It's not like the movies. You have to push for a weird place and all the feelings happen in a different place to what you expect. And I found it really stressful because I was like, will you tell me what the bloody hell I have to do? Otherwise I will go livid and I'm not I'm I need to know everything so it was really hard but yeah I don't I don't know I find it a, it's a really horrible subject to talk about isn't it like natural slash c-section all this sort of it's horrible. yeah I'm gonna do a whole episode on birth stories because I want I want to get like three like lots of different perspectives I want to get like c-section I want to get somebody that didn't like birth essentially and then I want to get somebody who had a really positive experience and talk about all the different mm. Well, I I made like, do you know my blog post? I put it like as a positive birth story, and I still don't think it was that bad. But I think most people would be like, Shelley, you had a traumatic birth. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's funny because it, but then everybody's like, version of traumatic is different, isn't it? I'm like, it is now. I look back, it was a bit like, Ooh. but it, there was like, it's not like I had like a baby ripped out of me, or like I didn't like you know nearly die, or I all the things I think is traumatic isn't what other people assume I guess they think having an early baby is quite traumatic which obviously it probably is but I was like that's not what I would have classed yeah 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 yeah, I get that yeah somebody's asked the question I think we've talked about it a little bit but did you feel that your bond was affected because of the NICU stay and being separated I think they're really good at fostering bonds actually I think it's a really positive environment for that unless you're really scared and you don't visit your baby, I can't see why you wouldn't bond. Because they really do try and help you. And I think because you can pick up your... Well, actually, I could pick up my baby from quite start on the early on day. So I was really scared that because he's going to be taken away from me, that I wouldn't bond. But in our hospital, they fostered, like, even if you didn't go to see them, they're, like, with the iPad stuff, they were, like, so on it with, like, how they could make you bond in untraditional ways. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, so I was okay because we did so much kangaroo, skin to skin, everything. But I, obviously, I was quite lucky. Even when he was in the incubator, there was very few days where I couldn't hold him. So I find that that was okay for me. But yeah. Yeah, I had slightly more of those days. And I would say that, like, I probably thought back that we were bonded. But in reality, I realised I was far too easy to step back and let nurses do it instead of me. And I would say probably it wasn't until we came home that I was like, oh, right, it's me and you kids. Right, cool, we got this. And that's three weeks into Sky's life. And I've said that to some people. They've been like, 
well, I had a, I mean, I hate, again, this this term, normal birth. And I felt like it took us like three, four weeks to get into, like, before we were like, oh, okay, this is a thing. And I feel like that needs to be normalized more because there's nothing worse than being like, I remember taking Sky home. I remember taking Sky home and being like, actually, like, if if she'd been born full term and stuff and you're in there for 24 hours and you go home, I feel like you don't have time to process. I feel like I had too much time to process it and then yeah. it weirded me out. I think we we can step, like like you said, you can be like, oh, no, you do it, it's fine. Like, it's that case of like, I think it's the first moment. They know best. Yeah. And that's the thing. You, you, get in your, you get in your head, like your mum instinct doesn't have to kick in until you go home with them because somebody else is there who's a medical professional who in theory knows best. Yeah. So my mum instinct didn't was didn't have to be a thing until we went home. No, I, I felt kind of a little bit different to you, but no, I get what you mean. Like, totally. Like, I find it's, it, it, you can find it really easy to be like, I oh, don't, you you do it like I was like, like the feeding and stuff I didn't want to do it I just didn't feel comfortable and yeah I don't feel I didn't I did feel ugh. I do feel like I bonded with Jasper really easily but I might just been lucky I don't know I'm not too sure honestly with how other people experience it really it is so personal yeah, yeah. so personal and then the last question was how do people in your life react when you told them they were they had come early or I guess in your case was gonna come early um well everyone was obviously really worried when I nearly gave birth you know as you do everyone was like oh my god and obviously everyone was like let's make her house so pretty and I was like yay and then I came home and then when we did give birth it was just you know my parents like I told them on father's day I think they drove down that day as well or the day after so yeah it was a case of like everyone was like Woo, you gave birth. They were, I think a lot of people were really worried, but not, they weren't going to be like, oh my God, is he okay? Like, blah, blah. They were just kind of like, that's great. We'll come visit you if you're okay with it. But I didn't yeah. tell those people anyway because I didn't, it wasn't like a thing I was going to like, I wasn't discussing it with loads of people, if you get what I mean. Yeah, no, I get you. I, I think for mine it was slightly different because I sent a message at 5 pm at night going, guys, I'm going home from hospital. They think it might have been a urine infection that's caused weird stuff. Uh, so I'm going home to sleep or whatever. And then the next message they got was Sky Jillian Walsh was born at 9.14. They were like, what the f Yeah. And like, so I feel like everybody in my life was really, really like curveball, apart from yeah. my sister. So my sister, when I said I had a urine infection, it was incredibly worried because my sister lost a baby when she was seven and a half months pregnant. Oh because of a urine infection so my sister was like I knew something wasn't right and she's like and I knew that baby was coming and my sister still says to this day she was like I sat up on the sofa waiting for a phone call and she'd fallen asleep on the sofa she's like because I my gut knew yeah. that something was gonna happen she still says that to this day she was like my gut knew that baby was coming like absolutely but everybody else was completely flawed mm. I remember but it's so funny because I had a really bad reaction to the anesthesia after my c-section and I literally was like my hands were like shaking a little like I was like in a really bad rave <laughs> Oh God! And uh, and I remember being like, "John, I was like, I need to tell my work." That was and it sounds so yeah, bad. That was my first reaction. Yeah. I was like, "I'm supposed to be at work tomorrow, so yeah. I need to message somebody to be like, guys, I need to go on maternity leave like now." That's what I have to do <laughs> as yeah. well. I text my boss like, "Blah blah." She's like, "Oh, congratulations. We'll catch up soon, basically." Because obviously they already knew like with the preemies and stuff with it. My colleague having a preemie, but yeah, my maternity got all messed up because I had a preemie. Honestly. Me too. I didn't get money, oh. money, and it was a whole fiasco. No, no, but. I got, I got 
my they they didn't start my maternity till his due date, so they paid me just normal wages in between. Like oh, I, I was working, which is yeah. sounds lovely. It's just a big hassle to sort out in the end. Yeah, I didn't have that. I because it meant I'd only just started on my work too, so because she came early it meant that I didn't even qualify for like basic anything um. and it was a whole mess. But anyway, anyway, that's all the questions we've got. And we've talked for an hour and a half already. This is a mm-hmm. long ass episode. So I feel like I should probably wrap it up here. Yeah. But thanks for coming and chatting. It's okay. It's okay. It's been, it's been great. It's been great fun. It's actually been quite therapeutic to talk through it all with someone that gets it. Because I feel yeah. like the hardest bit sometimes of being a preemie mum is that other mums, and this isn't yeah. meant to be mean, sometimes don't get the kind yeah. of stuff that tackle with or what goes yeah, on in your brain and stuff I don't really I don't f- find myself seeking out preemie mums either because I find that's a bit weird in my opinion don't well some of them are quite people. some of them get quite like it does take over their whole motherhood yeah. experience and I was very careful to be like it defines some of it and I feel like it defined defined it more up until she was about yeah 10 months yeah and then after that it's not defined as much yeah I don't really know when I just stopped yeah but, I did yeah but yeah but I hope this was one educational for people that haven't had preemie babies and wondered what it was like or two if you have had one it gives you comfort or even if you had a baby who was full term and ended up in NICU it gave you some comfort about yeah, our experiences it, it, there there was a few babies that just come in for the day or a week or something just because yeah. they had like jaundice or anything so like you don't have to be a preemie baby to be a NICU baby like there is also I, f- I feel I feel like People need to like when I heard NICU, I thought dying baby. Yeah, it's that's what this really is so different to what you expect. Yeah, yeah, it's so, and it's actually a really like I was almost sad when Sky had to leave. Like it was a very, I was desperate to get her home, but it's a very loving, yeah. most of the time supportive. Yeah, like it's a routine. bubble. It's a routine that you're in. It's a bubble. Yeah, and, and yeah, and when in a time when everything else feels out of your control, it gives great routine. And it's really good prep for COVID because I wash my hands so much time now. I'm so good at it. Oh, I had like I'm literally like, peeling skin, and I was like, guys, you need to keep working hands. That's got that shit got me through NICU. So I was like, I am fully prepped in all of this. I was literally like, oh, yeah, it's back to normal. This is. I also batch bought alcohol gel when sky was born and i mean the big ass like the big bottles of it we still had some when we went into covid and i was like i got this i got this we as soon as he came out we weren't funny about like obviously a lot of people that came to visit him would be like hand washing and stuff obviously but we weren't funny about that we were like he's going to be exposed to germs at some point so he will be we were a bit like that we thought we would be really paranoid but i uh that kind of disappeared really soon because yeah anyway anyway Guys, if you don't follow Shelley, I will leave all of her details in the show notes down below, including her incredible shop by Busby. If you haven't been there already, I am wait. I've I have officially. I don't think I've actually announced this ever. Got a new job, and as soon as I get my first pay packet, you better know I'm ordering myself a flipping rainbow, and <laughs> I cannot wait. So yeah, I will leave all of her details, her shop, and everything down below. If you've managed to make it through a hundred and a hundred, one hour and thirty four minutes, you are a legend. I love you. Thank you. And thank you so much for being a guest. It's been flipping brilliant. Thank you for having me. And also, Not we really should say, I really am sorry if I grossed anyone out with my anatomy stuff because it is. 
have, we should put a disclaimer at the beginning like if you find things gross don't listen to this because you know we, there's no way about it that's why they happen okay so guys when I announce this episode and I put the quote up if any of you make it to the end please leave hashtag bulging membranes Instagram quote and tag Shelly in it because that would make my day oh my god if that has it, no I meant no that's just terrible I can't believe you if that's what I get known for from now on I'm blaming you I'm coming <laughs> okay Guys, I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.